The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Technology and adjusting values of success and happiness are changing the way we live and work. If you are a homeowner, aspiring homeowner, or business professional, these transitions are affecting your real estate decisions now. Welcome to the future of real estate with Jessica Stoner. Jessica and her guests will key you in to the technological evolution and other factors that will affect all aspects of real estate, your home, and community of the future. Now, here is your host, Jessica Stoner. Welcome. I'm glad you could join today. You're listening to the future of real estate. I'm a real estate futurist and your host, Jessica Stoner. For information on hiring me as a speaker at your next event, visit realestatefuture.ca and click Hire Jessica. Today, we're talking about 3D printed homes. This is very much an episode about the future of real estate, as we're not exactly using additive manufacturing, another name for 3D printing, quite yet to build homes. However, all signs point to this being a very prominent construction style in the future. 3D printing isn't new. We've been using it in the manufacturing world for a long time to produce prototypes of new products. As a matter of fact, there is some evidence of rudimentary use of similar building processes to today's 3D printing techniques being used in ancient times to construct buildings manually by pouring layers of wet mud to create walls that dry firm and solid, creating buildings. Today, in today's modern 3D printing time, we're using we're in the era of trial and error. And we're now designing the actual printers and the printers are being manufactured. And we're trying to figure out the best designs for these tools to be efficient and dependable and easily maneuverable to uh, from job site to job site. We're also still trying to figure out what materials are best to use and what designs can be created with this new technique. There's also many different ways to use 3D printing to construct a home. There's the option to move the printer to the building site and print the home on site. But there's another option that's being tested, and that's the idea of a 3D uh, printed building block in factory, and then have the block sent to the building site to be assembled quickly, where the blocks snap together, and it's similar to building with Lego. We have had a handful of 3D printed homes around the world so far. There is a company in China who printed 10 tiny home structures in 24 hours. Though these homes still had some additional work that would be required for them to be move-in ready. This was a demonstration of the speed and the efficiency that we might be able to expect in the future of this technology. 
The same Chinese company last year also demonstrated another building design by printing a five-story apartment building. And there's also the Canal House. And this is currently being developed in Amsterdam. And it's a really exciting research and design project exploring different 3D printing construction methods. So over three years, the home is being constructed room by room. And each room is being uh, produced or designed with a different 3D production style being utilized in each room. Now, in North America, we are moving forward as well. Today on the show, we're talking with two guests, each working on building some of the first 3D printed homes in North America. We'll be talking with Dr. Borat Koshtevis, professor with the University of Southern California and inventor of the contour crafting process. This is a 3D printing home building process that has won numerous prestigious international awards in new design and technology. Then we'll be speaking with Larry Haynes, founder of Sunconomy. Sunconomy is in the process of building an eco-village with several styles of sustainable, affordable housing, including 3D printed houses. We have with us now Dr. Barash Koshnevis. Dr. Koshnevis is a dean a Dean's Professor of Engineering at the University of Southern California. He is a Fellow of the National Academy of Inventors and a member of the EU Academy of Sciences. He has made many useful inventions and innovations in robotics, haptics, biomedical, oil and gas, renewable energy, and space systems. His automated construction invention, contour crafting, is destined to revolutionize home construction here on Earth, And contour crafting processes is regarded as the most promising approach for habitat construction on future non-terrestrial human outposts. You can reach Dr. Koshnevis and learn more about contour crafting at craft.usc.edu. Welcome, Barack. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you, Jessica, for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. Can you please explain, in layman's terms, what 3D printing is and how you would 3D print a home? All right. So there are basically three methods of making stuff. Uh, one is called a subtractive method. Uh, when you start with a block of material and then you carve out the unwanted parts and you arrive uh, with the part that you desire to get. Uh, these processes are highly automated now. Actually, uh, numerical control uh, the machines, the CNC, computer numerical control machines, um, are uh, pretty uh, much prevalent everywhere. Uh, millions of them are working in different factories uh, around the world. And their uh, most precise methods at mesoscale um, then um, we have uh, the additive manufacturing. When we add the material and build uh, stuff up, uh, traditionally the additive manufacturing processes have been handled by um, using molds. Uh, so you have a mold uh, and then uh, you pour a liquid material inside the mold and uh, the material cures either thermally or chemically uh, you separate it from the mold. Um, uh, pro- productivity in this method is pretty good. Uh, doesn't have much waste, unlike the uh, subtractive methods. But the problem is that you will need the mold, and molds are typically expensive. 
And for some complex shapes, uh, building molds is difficult and, again, uh, would be much more expensive uh, if uh, there are some complexities, uh, especially if you want to reuse the mold. Then the third class of formative processes, uh, like bending, pressing, uh, and so on, um, that are typically limited to sheet metal material. Uh, so, the focus here is on additive uh, approaches. The desire to be able to build additively without molds has been around for a long time. And uh, the idea of 3D printing is just for addressing that desire. Um, and uh, since uh, it is very difficult to build an object in 3D space, without uh, confining uh, its boundaries to molds. Uh, the way, for example, a human sculptor builds a sculpture uh, in the middle of the air without any mold, it is very hard to do that with robots and computers. Um, so, therefore, uh, the idea of 3D printing, uh, which started about 30 years ago, was to break down the 3D problem into a bunch of two-dimensional problems. So you slice a computer model of a 3D design into a bunch of 2D profiles, and then you use one of several methods of creating that 2D profile and stacking them up, basically one on top of another, to build a 3D object. Now, while... In the field of manufacturing, this approach uh, is uh, relatively new. In construction, we have been doing 3D printing for thousands of years. In fact, the only uh, artifact that we build in a layer-wise fashion are buildings. You know, bricklaying is basically a layer-wise fabrication method. We build these intricate structures, beautiful architectural designs, um, without molds by um, laying uh, bricks layer by layer and going up um, or rocks or whatever uh, or in c case of adobe stuff which just rammed earth uh, we can do the same thing so uh, 22 years ago when uh, this uh, uh, observation came to my mind that uh, really 3D printing is, is not new in the world of construction it became, became evident to me that's probably the most uh, successful direction, the most meaningful direction, is to apply the concept to the field of construction. And that's when I started my first uh, efforts, and, and out of that came an invention um, which allows you to build large-scale structures uh, with uh, nice surface quality and at a reasonable time. It's, and I named it Contour Crafting. And uh, since then, I've been steadily working on the project. It has been a very difficult endeavor inside a university, where, um, especially where I work, where land is very limited, uh, laboratory space is expensive. But I needed a very large lab to build these huge structures, huge robots. Uh, getting funding has not been easy for this uh, research funding. Uh, first of all, uh, initially, it was hard to um, convince people that this makes sense. Um, but I, gradually, as I made the more and more demonstrations, I started the small scale. I started with polymeric 
materials and then uh, ceramic materials and finally construction materials, concrete more specifically. It then uh, became uh, evident that there is a promise here and that's where, uh, you know, my work was very much publicized and people here and there started um, uh, doing uh, more or less the same, trying to achieve the same objective of building larger-scale structures with uh, materials such as concrete. So um, that is basically the answer to your question, what 3D printing is and what larger-scale 3D printing, specifically contour crafting is. Well, it certainly does seem to be promising. We are going to head into a break right now. When we get back, we're going to talk a little more about this and what kind of uses we might find for 3D printing for different um, homes and construction in the future. We're going to be back in one moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success it's the future of digital media it's finding your voice it's engaging topics content and ideas jeff and ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects it's about making the mistakes taking the chances summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try decide to learn decide that you have something to say and find your frequency live fridays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to the future of real estate. We're back. And we're talking about 3D printed homes. And our guest today is Dr. Barack Koshnavis. And he is the inventor of the contour crafting process. To reach Dr. Koshnavis or learn more about contour crafting, feel free to visit craft.usc.edu. 
And for more information on our guest and their contact information, you can always contact realestatefuture.ca. So, Barack, you were talking a little bit about the contour crafting process and how the technique was developed. How do you see it being used over the next decade or so? Okay, well, as I indicated, I've been working uh, on this technology for 22 years now. But I have been uh, very careful about uh, hastily uh, rushing it into um, commercial world. First of all, I didn't think that uh, the market is really ready for it. Um, There will be a lot of barriers against such technologies. the passing uh, the regulatory barrier uh, is not trivial. Uh, typically, different localities have different uh, building codes and, and so on. So just being able to build something is not enough. Um, you have to be able to build it according to code. And uh, then, uh, of course, who is going to confirm that this is uh, to code or not? Um, in the conventional construction process, there is this uh, inspection uh, method that is involved. Uh, you know, in the course of building a home, for example, maybe 10, 12 times um, uh, inspectors come from the city and, and check what you're doing. So it doesn't make sense to have the ability to build in one day, but you have to keep on pausing the process, waiting for the inspector to show up from the city. So the inspection is really a challenge. challenge. Uh, There are other barriers, uh, which our time does not allow me to elaborate on, but um, uh, I've been waiting for, uh, to to convince myself also to develop technologies that uh, would be helpful in in, uh, crossing these barriers. Um, and the uh, final thing uh, is that um, I believe 3D printing of buildings will become commonplace, but it's not going to replace all kinds of constructions. You know, still people uh, would like to build with uh, stick frame or people who want to build with uh, steel and glass and so on. And the, the, the hype is just too much about 3D printing. Uh, and with respect to real estate applications, I think, it's very unrealistic to assume that everything is going to be done by 3D printing. No. Um, in the world of construction, 3D printing has not made uh, any of the conventional constru- uh, fabrication methods uh, obsolete. And, uh, and there are about 2,500 um, established uh, manufacturing processes, none of which have become obsolete as a result of 3D printing. Everyone has got this own niche and capabilities. And the same is true in the field of construction. Um, Okay, so um, for terrestrial applications, I have uh, now decided to start a company. We have a registered company, and uh, we are getting investment into it, and we are hoping to uh, release the first commercial machines fairly soon. Um, And uh, we have a very ambitious plan of development in multiple directions. Uh, one of the uh, applications, uh, construction applications of 3D printing that I am very keen about is uh, extraterrestrial application. Since 2004, I've been working with NASA, and more recently, uh, this uh, work has become uh, more intense as uh, it got uh, involved into three, uh, a three-phase process, uh, excuse me, project, 
and we are now in phase three of it uh, for building on Moon and Mars, and we have made a lot of demonstrations. Um, many of the methods that have been uh, proposed for building uh, infrastructure or habitat on Moon and Mars have been based on taking stuff from Earth to space. Given the fact that taking like one kilogram of material to the moon will cost you about $200,000, you know, and a brick is more than one kilogram, uh, uh, you can imagine how expensive it would be to build uh, like a city or uh, an outpost, operational right. outpost on these planets. So uh, my proposal was to... Uh, use contour crafting, a variation of it, of course, and don't take any material from Earth and just use the, uh, whatever is there in situ mm. and, and build the structures. And we have made so far demonstrations of um, very reasonable structures with respect to strength, performance, um, and um, feasibility, of course, using uh, lunar and Martian regular simulants, uh, the, the material that are similar to what is on Earth, uh, on, excuse me, on the Moon and Mars, uh, which have been fabricated here by NASA and others. Uh, some commercial companies actually make those for researchers. And we have made demonstrations that are pretty convincing, and we have an ambitious uh, plan for that. I personally believe that this planet, our planet, is too small for humanity, which has got huge potential. And uh, as Kartashev, the uh, Russian visionary, uh, astrophysicist visionary, uh, stated, human civilization will have many stages. We are now in a stage one where we capitalize on the energy of one planet. So far, fossil fuel has been. But the next uh, civilization will be a solar civilization when we tap into the uh, energy of uh, the sun. And, and I believe that is happening already. There are some commercial companies that have started uh, looking at capitalizing the resources that are in uh, the solar system, not only on Moon and Mars, but also in the uh, asteroid belt, where you have a lot of materials, some precious metals and others. Uh, that he can tap into and uh, with the uh, energy of the sun and the information, the design information that will be beamed from Earth uh, to self-replicating factories out there that will use technologies based on mostly 3D printing. Uh, is there construct an structures and build up. Is there an estimated yeah. time that we can expect to maybe see the first uh, structure built off planet? Well, Jessica, based on my understanding, uh, all of these are very much uh, resource dependent and strategy dependent. In real estate, for example, let's assume that you have a parcel of land somewhere and you're thinking about um, uh, development. You want to build many houses and villas and commercial and so on. How long will it take for you to build that? depends very much on the rate of money that you will have to spend on this. If you have a lot at the beginning, you can have parallel teams uh, working, and therefore the overall uh, length of the project will be shortened significantly. 
Otherwise, um, it will be a very slow process, of course, if you have uh, little uh, uh, funds to work with uh, and, and you have to build and sell and build and sell. Uh, well, it will be a slow thing. So uh, a lot of these space projects all depend on uh, strategic priorities, which I'm not aware of. I don't claim that I'm a space uh, expert uh, or space politics expert. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I really cannot give you a a time for it, but I would say that if there is a decision to target going to the moon and exploiting it, uh, by exploiting it, mean using materials that are useful there, uh, putting uh, relay stations, communication stations there, telescopes and so on. Um, I believe it can be done uh, probably in a five-year time frame even, in case of the moon, to start building the first structures there. In case of Mars, I mean, uh, that's um, a much taller order. So the challenge is very big. Um, but with the push that um, companies like SpaceX and others are making for Mars, maybe uh, you know, that will be a possibility um, for humans to be there in our lifetimes. And um, once there, of course, building settlements would be a basic necessity there, and therefore these technologies will start operating there. So I am very much optimistic about the future of humanity in space. This is just the beginning. And uh, much like, uh, uh, you know, about 100 years ago, the first uh, flight of Wright Brothers was about 12 seconds. And today you sit in an airplane and fly for uh, 15 hours, go to the other side of the globe with 400 other people. It was not um, envisioned back there. It was hard to uh, assume the possibility. But today, we have seen these evidences, and I'm certain that the future is going to be very rapidly very different. Uh, We cannot take the status quo for granted. No, this is a really, really exciting topic, and uh, how lucky you get to be involved in sort of the next frontier for humanity. That's that's exciting stuff. Yes, thank you. I consider myself very fortunate to have had the opportunity to get involved in it. I hope I make my own little uh, uh, dent. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll be watching you. We'll, we'll watch closely to see how this <laughs> goes you. because, you know, this is of interest to, to everyone. Dr. Koshnevis, thank you so much for being on the show today. That was really great information, and um, maybe we'll have you back in the future when we talk about uh, more about um, potential living in space. My pleasure, Jessica. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, We're heading into a break now, and when we return, we'll be speaking with Larry Haynes of Suncomy. Suncomy is building an eco-village in Texas, and they'll be using 3D printing technology for their home's construction. We'll be back in a moment.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to the future of real estate. And we're back. We're talking with Larry Haynes of Sunconomy. Larry is the founder of Sunconomy, and Sunconomy is developing an eco-village in Montgomery, Texas. This eco-village is developing several styles of sustainable, affordable housing including the 3D printing of homes. Sun Economy, in addition to printing some of the first 3D printed homes in North America, will also train on the skills and requirements for jobs in this new field of 3D printing home construction, as well as providing training to become a 3D printing contractor. You can reach Larry Haynes and Sun Economy at sunconomy.com or on Facebook under Sun Economy. You can find these contact details and more information on Larry and Sunconomy at realestatefuture.ca. Welcome, Larry. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Oh, good. Can you tell us what Sunconomy does? Well, basically, we are a real estate developer and builder, um, and we are trying to uh, kind of change the way uh, people develop real estate to a more sustainable business model. So, 
can you tell us about these first homes that you are um, planning on printing in the um, additive manufacturing method? Absolutely. Well, we've got about 106 houses, of which the majority of them will be 3D printed. We're working with a Russian manufacturer that has a really unique system and with some large cement manufacturers to come up with the actual materials that will go through that printer. And we hope to be able to print affordable, sustainable, healthy homes uh, in about the 400 to 1,200 square foot range. And then we'll also be building some shipping container housing that will be more rental units and probably put up a few uh, earth bag houses just for the fun of it. (laughs) That does sound fun. (laughs) What do you anticipate would be the cost of um, the 3D printing homes that you're planning to start with? Well, the, the lot costs are always a determination that people should consider when they, uh, you know, look at what it costs to build a house. But excluding those, we're probably looking at about sixty thousand to about one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty thousand, depending on how they're finished out, uh, whether they include solar or not, and rainwater catchment systems, and some of the other options that we're making available. Okay, what materials do you plan to print with? Well, it's actually uh, going to be a unique concrete formulation, and we really can't go into the details of it because it's proprietary. Sure. Um, But it'll be uh, typically uh, high-performance type concrete or uh, some formulation thereof that'll allow us to print houses with walls that are much stronger and will hold up for centuries, not decades, and be able to, for instance, stand up to a DF5 tornado. Can can you elaborate a little bit on that? I know your uh, home, the actual design of the home, um, is planned with you know the security or the you know the additional strength um, in mind in the event of hurricanes, tornadoes, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, what we're trying to do is develop housing that's very appealing. I mean, it has to have curb appeal, or people don't want to live in it. You know, we don't need any more rows of boxes around. We really don't. Uh, <laughs> And, um, you know, part of what we're trying to do is look at the trends in both demographics as well as the technologies that are available. And so we're we're looking at working with companies like Consolidated Communications that will provide a gigabyte uh, internet connection to every house, uh, very high-speed uh, free Wi-Fi for visitors to the eco-village. Uh, we're looking at using uh, some of the new applications and things in the houses that will allow some of the food production online, when you when you look at, let, let's say, an aggregate of 200 uh, families or individuals that own these houses or live in the rental units, uh, being able to work with the people that are growing the food and also with the culinary school on site, you'll, you'll start to understand that there's a symbiotic relationship in terms of having the food production. People know what the uh, people that are consuming the food want to eat. So we're right. looking at applications like that, that... Uh, in energy uh, production, um, in water management, and also food production, and then job training as well. So in the houses themselves, we want to be able to uh, utilize data and utilize uh, information from the aggregate of all of the people there to help manage, for instance, the energy consumption and water consumption uh, Mm -hmm. of each home, but do it on a a collective basis. Right. Right. 
So when you're talking about job training, is that also training people in these new um, techniques that you had mentioned, including the 3D printing, but also the um, shipping container homes and the the earth bag homes? Um, Is that part of your training? Absolutely. Uh, We plan on having uh, an on-site building production and training facility, not only for the housing component of it, but also for 3D printing components in the houses. And as we expand and teach other builders around the country how to build, we'll bring those people in and and teach them. And then also, if they need to, we can provide uh, employees to actually move to their location and work with them uh, that come out of the job training programs that we're working with. Uh, We're working with some of the nonprofits, uh, the Non-Commissioned Officers Association that works with veterans and tries to find employment for veterans and their spouses. Um, We work with um, some of the prison ministries here locally where we have an abundance of medium and high security, uh, maximum security prisons. Um, And what we're trying to do is basically kind of help the least, the last, and the lost and Mm -hmm. be able to promote them into job skills that are looking forward looking as opposed to uh, things that are being done in the past and have been done the same way for the last 60 years or so. Well, it's a good plan. We have a lot of new things that a lot of new technologies that people will need to be trained on. Absolutely. And they need to earn a living wage and not just a minimum wage. Fair enough. Can you expand a little bit on what you're talking about training people to um, uh, 3D print items in the home. What do you see people printing um, inside the home? Well, we have, as you probably know, there's a trend uh, in most major cities to have what they call hacker spaces or maker spaces. Yeah. And many of those have like these small 3D printers and you're starting to see uh, advances not only in the 3D printers like what HP's coming out with, but some of the other larger scale printing um machines that are out by different Mm -hmm. manufacturers. And what we want to do is be able to offer consumers the ability to personalize their their interiors and even some of their exterior uh, components in their houses when they buy these houses. And just a real easy-to-understand idea would be, for instance, if you were a cat lover and you wanted to have uh, doorknobs in the shape of your kitty cat, uh, you'd be able to actually manufacture those custom-made for you. And sure. So you'd have a unique set of doorknobs and cabinet pools and, um, you know, those kinds of towel racks and things like that that were uh, of, of your interest as opposed to just getting something standard off the shelf. Yeah. What about bigger items? Will people be able to 3D print their flooring or wall coverings or their countertops? They... Yes, and uh, if you stop and think about countertops, for instance, you could do a relatively inexpensive countertop and then use individual um, unique uh, placements over that or inlaid into the countertops that would accent them or uh, change their function even. Uh, Same thing with if you stop and think about the normal way we hang pictures. You know, we find some studs and hopefully (laughs) you'll find a stud and put a nail or a screw in the wall and you hang a picture with a wire on it in the back. Uh, and now you could actually embed uh, a custom-made photograph, picture, lighting uh, to accent that photograph, picture, um, or statue, or whatever, and build that right into the wall system uh, that you're building when you're 3D printing the house. Oh, that's fun. 
It is fun, and it's actually, uh, when you stop and think about it, uh, I've, I've talked to this, uh, about this idea to many people, and it's like, well, can you do this? Can you do that? So when you mm-hmm. start talking to people, uh, more and more ideas will come forward, and we'll see more and more opportunities. I have no doubt. Is part of your job training um, um, helping people maybe learn code to create the um, the design for these individual things because printing is one thing but you need the um you need the um the program to print it so are we training people to write the programs well not so much write the programs but to adopt the programs for instance autocad would uh, or many of the different kind of even as as uh, easy to use as sketcher or some of these google type applications that are online, you're going to see it easier and easier for people to create online. Uh, there's a, a 3D uh, uh, AutoCAD-type program, Onshape is the name of it, uh, online, and it allows people to go in and learn how to do 3D, uh, making 3D items themselves uh, with relatively easy-to-use uh, methods. So as we get more and more down the road to making it consumer friendly. Um, mm-hmm. You won't have to have a four-year degree in you know learning how to code something. A lot of the applications will be able to basically just uh, draw and meld things together uh, and have the software actually do it for you. Where we're really yeah. looking to train people is in the applications uh, and going from the shop to the real world. Um, okay. How do you how do you print? You know what 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 items are people asking for? There's going to be jobs in marketing and sales as well as the application of the 3D printing uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, job training in and of itself. But we also want to work with some of the, like the Lone Star College District here as a community college and even down into the K through 12. Uh, you know, I talked to the principal of the, or the superintendent of the school district for the uh, Montgomery Independent School District. I mean, they're very much interested in working with us to get kids interested, you know, as early as even uh, first through third grade to find out, uh, you know, are they even interested in this and showcase some of the things we're doing there. Right. Yeah, that's it. you might as well start with the young ones. They're the ones that are going to be taking this forward. So that's uh, that's a good plan. Larry, we're just going to head on into a break. But okay. when we get back, let's explore this a little more. Okay. We'll be back in we'll be back in one moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business and more on demand 24/7. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current, forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern, professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education, paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to the future of real estate. We're back. We're talking with Larry Haynes of Sun Economy, and we're focusing on 3D printing of homes today. So, Larry, you're, you have designs to build some of the first 3D printed homes in the United States. And because we have a very different building process, it's kind of a catalyst for very unique designs. Can you talk a little bit about the design of these homes that you are planning on building? Well, as we said before, we don't want to see a bunch of square boxes in a, on a long row of uh, houses. So, Yeah, we're, we're tired of those. Doing, yeah, we are definitely tired of those. What we're trying to do is basically create some uh, curb appeal by using curved walls, uh, accent the pillars, those kinds of things, and different types of roof designs, shed roofs, clear story type roofs. Um, because we want to, as we look at the overall uh, capability to do sustainable building, um, we have very little waste in our building processes, and we want to take that down to zero. But at the same time, you also want to accommodate uh, solar panels on the roof or rainwater catchment systems, filtration systems, um, local vegetation cisterns, those kinds of things that you would you just don't do in a sticks and bricks type house. Um, sure. You can now print the cistern right into the house on the side hmm. of the wall um, as opposed to um, having to put you know something buried in the ground or something. It can now become a feature of the home. Right. Never thought of that. So when you're 3D printing walls, that would typically be where your plumbing and your wiring goes. So where does your plumbing and wiring go when you're 3D printing walls? Well, when you're starting from scratch and you're using a unique process like this, uh, you have the ability to design into it, you know, the electrical plumbing and, and any kind of other systems, uh, communication or whatever that you want to. And what we tend to want to do is, is build as much into the core of the house as possible. And so where possible, you put like a kitchen against a bathroom. Uh, so that you'd bring your plumbing up through the the bottom of the floor, but you'd do it in an interior wall instead of an exterior wall. You know, I saw a design that was exactly like that, and it just really emphasized it in my mind how clever this is, because the design that I saw with the plumbing, the electrical going up through the middle of the home, was a home that was rotatable. <laughs> So it was literally built around a tree and you can move the home around to follow the sun. And uh, you're right, when you're starting from scratch, you can get creative. And that makes perfect sense, having the plumbing and electrical going up the middle. Well, it's also cost effective. And, you know, that's one of the things when you're trying to build affordable homes, 
is you want to consolidate the costs and you know have as few uh, plumbing and electrical runs as possible. And some of the right. things we're designing into the houses are just the you know the low flow faucets and that sort of thing. But again, getting back to the cisterns, one of the other things along with the plumbing that we we are going to be doing, and I'm not sure that there's any other commercial or I should say residential development that uses this, is we're actually going to be using a gray water and a black water collection system throughout the entire complex, throughout the entire 21 acres. I'm thrilled to hear that. that. Yeah, so we want to recycle the gray water and use Mm -hmm. it as much as possible. But the black water we're going to collect into a vacuum system. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know they use vacuum systems to collect sink and shower and toilet water. Right. And we're going to actually collect that that sewage and use it as a resource. And so we'll be able to uh, compost that through an anaerobic uh, system and then use the methane gas that comes off that system to create thermal energy and electrical energy that then goes back into uh, the community and is used either, for instance, in agriculture or to assist composting or, in the case of electricity, just uh, run everyday appliances and uh, maybe even car chargers for our electric vehicle production. Do you have this the um, system for that already? Is it developed? Yes, it is. They they use it around the world. It's been used in the airplanes, vacuum systems, and uh, in all the cruise ships and things around the world for a long, long time. Uh, where, where it hasn't been used in the United States doesn't mean that it can't be used, and we've already talked to the city and county government about uh, doing this, and they're just really interested more in the, mm. you know, what if it leaks or that sort of thing, and I, sure. actually it's better than, because it is a vacuum system, uh, that means if it, a hole develops in it or a plumbing contractor punches a hole in one of the lines, uh, it doesn't actually leak out because you're pulling everything under vacuum. Uh, and so it would tend to pull groundwater or uh, material into the pipe as opposed to letting it escape from the pipe. And that's actually better for the environment. Oh, fantastic. So the a main purpose of what you're doing here is try to um, be a showcase for how this can be used for affordability. So how do you see 3D printed homes helping affordability of housing around the world? I think there's two things really when you look at it is the, you know, what's the business model for this? And around the world, there's a 10 trillion with a T, $10 trillion shortage of uh, affordable housing between now and the year 2050. I mean, we've got to accommodate another, you know, two and a half to three and a half billion people in the next uh, 33 years. Uh, so what we're looking at is, you know, a huge amount of resources if we're going to continue to do this the conventional way. And so from a business model standpoint, we want to come up with alternative, less uh, environmentally uh, unsustainable ways to build houses. And, and so with the 3D printer as the machine, where we see that as being able to quickly get in and build houses to keep the affordability aspect of what we need. We're also looking at the material sciences uh, arena where the product that goes through the printer, if you stop and think about it, can get better and better with nanotechnology and advances in chemistry and uh, material science. So we hope in the very near future to be able to print, let's say, a four-inch thick wall 
that's like an R40, an R44, somewhere in that range, by mixing in to the, the concrete, we're mixing in the insulation right into the concrete and printing that as one complete wall system. Right. Uh, when, when you do that, then you start to improve. Uh, like if you look at a standard house right now, uh, we're looking at a, a, a bad insulation. We'll give you like an R13. Right. And so if we can do two and three and four times what the typical house is now, we can save a lot of energy and um, sure. create a much better internal uh, air quality environment for the people in the house living there. So will incorporating the insulation into the wall as it's printed, will that seems to be obvious that it's going to be a more efficient process, making it faster. Will that be a less expensive process? It should be because, you know, we're, we're looking, when you look at just the cost of the labor and materials that come back after somebody, for instance, puts up a stud wall, you know, then got to come back and put the insulation, whether it's blown in or, or put in with the pink tone scoring or whatever. Um, right. We anticipate, you know, there's two people that operate the machine now. If we can mix in uh, a product like Aerogel or, you know, some other type of insulative type product, into the concrete, uh, we eliminate the labor, and you still have the cost of material, but uh, you eliminate the labor and the time delay in building the house. So instead of maybe taking 90 days or 180 days to build a house, now you're reducing that significantly by uh, being able to build the, the house much faster. Right. So if there is one takeaway that you would want people to know about uh, what you're doing with Suncomy, what would that be? Well, I mean, one of the things we're talking about, there's actually two. One is we want consumers to understand what their options are and uh, kind of take a fresh look at building sustainable, affordable housing, which we offer. The other uh, aspect is we've got to educate builders on how to build these houses. And so we're looking at uh, inquiries from contractors on becoming a 3D printer qualified to print uh, houses and trained in how to do that so they can offer affordable housing in their areas. Right. And are you helping developers be able to offer affordable housing by 3D printing in their areas? We are. uh, They just have to contact us through Suncomy. You can email me, Larry, at Suncomy.com and tell me you're a builder and interested in doing it. We're looking for builders that are building at least four houses a month Mm -hmm. uh, at a minimum. And we would like to work with real estate developers, planning and zoning officials and things. When we get our sustainable development going down here on our 21 acres, we want to use that as a showcase to actually bring people in and show them how we did it. Walk them Fantastic. through the budgeting process, process, walk them through the design criteria and, and where the, what the supply chains are to buy all the different parts and pieces, where to get them, just to make it a lot easier, kind of a done-for-you model on how they can replicate this and scale it in their areas. Fantastic. Larry, thanks not only for being on the show and sharing with us today, but thanks for what you're doing. This is something that's necessary and, you know, it's better to approach the need for affordable housing before it's a crisis. And I know it's a crisis in a lot of places, but, you know, it's, it's a good time to start looking at it. Well, all you've got to do is go see that uh, we need to change the way we do things, not only from a sustainability, but from a social aspect. There's more and more homeless. There's more and more people that are getting hit by wages and uh, lower wages and uh, jobs being taken away by uh, robotics and automation and those kinds of things. So we've got to stem that tide. 
Larry, thank you so much. I am, we're just running out of time. Um, we will be back next Wednesday, 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, where we'll be discussing the blockchain technology. And I look forward to seeing everyone next week. We hope you've enjoyed and have been inspired from today's edition of the Future of Real Estate. Be sure to join Jessica Stoner again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.